0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: My grandmother would make dandelion wine. Ooh. Ray Bradbury.
2: Yep.
1: My, my, <laughs> my grandfather made moonshine. <laughs> Hell yeah. He,
2: would have, he, had, he had jars and jars of moonshine. And when I was like seven or eight years old, him and my uncle were drinking some. And I was like, what's that? And he gave me a little bit and he didn't think... He thought after I'd sniff it, I wouldn't drink it. Oh. And I drank it all, and I was wasted.
0: <laughs> That's a really Annie Green Whoa. Gables moment. Yeah. Um, my grandfather made root beer because he's a Mormon.
2: Oh.
0: And <laughs> 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 he would make homemade root beer when we were kids, and he would get dry yeah, ice I'm to saying, put in it. R- root beer? Root beer. Root beer. Root beer. Root beer. Root, root? 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 Rut.
3: You've been saying rut, girl. You, you rut get bear. what I
0: mean, though. 100%. 100%. Okay. I was My career
3: just is in a real like root. Curious if there is a Omaha pronunciation. It's
0: in a rut. Well, you guys, welcome to Sidework. I'm your host, Andrea Wallace. I'm Kyle June Williams.
3: I'm Jocelyn Hughes. And
0: I'm Brooke Van Poblen. Amazing. We're all back together. We've all been busy, busy ladies. We have. How's everybody's holiday weekend? It's
3: good. Hey, did you k- camp again? Did no, I, I would no. never oh, okay. camp on Memorial Day. Oh, Come on, yeah, no. you're right. But you
0: did recently take an epic trip.
3: I went to Maui. Yeah, girl. I went to Maui. I rented a camper van from a place called North Shore Vans. Everyone rent a van from there. It was the best trip I've ever taken. It was my first solo trip. It was so much fun. Um, I had some delicious Hawaiian food. There's a there's place called Mama's. not a lot Mama's. of it, but when you find the good stuff. Woo! Yeah, there's a place called Mama's Fish House that uh, my friend took me to. On what island? Maui. Maui. Yeah. And... It's this like old school, very formal everything's like dark wood and bamboo and everything's islandy and it has this it's like right on the beach. it's gorgeous. Mm. everything's a million dollars and it's worth every penny. <laughs> it is so good. So I had some really good food. everybody was really kind and I had another really ni- nice sushi one night I was sitting next to a couple that like the guy was like, I know you also love George but I just want to let you know that I love you and I'm here for you. I'm sitting there, I'm like by myself. I'm like, fuck that, what? This? Ch- I look over at the chick, I'm like, this chick has her pick of two dudes? Ugh. So that was interesting. Solo eating, that could be a whole episode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> please, I'll put it on the list. Yeah, but um, Solo diners are weird, yep. going out
1: to eat, you get treated kind of weird. You get
3: treated so weird. There was another place I went um, called Aloha Plate. Which is like traditional Hawaiian food, and it was so good. But when I walked in, also open air beach views, gorgeous. God, I love when I it. walked in, uh, the hostess did a thing that I can't stand, where she was like, "Well, the wait is forty-five minutes to an hour. Do you want to wait?" Like, well, yeah. Where else? Am I? I'm hungry. Yeah. Also, I tried to go to the bar, and she acted like the bar was like. Off limits or something? It was so bizarre. Long story long, I was sitting within ten minutes eating. Oh Ugh. my
1: god! Thank you. That just happened to us in Detroit. I went home to see my family, and I I just got excited because I'm like, oh, I got to give some props to some yet new notable Detroit uh, restaurants that opened up. We went to this place called the Gray Ghost, and God forbid, it was last Sunday. We didn't have a reservation. It's and really they, on point with a ghost color, gray. Is a it crazy, is. I mean, outside color, of outside of
3: gray. <laughs> Right. you kind of getting into right. what, like, like, like is, terror. The see-through ghost. D- d- red. You can't say red because you'd say like blood. dirty cloth ghost, like, the color of a dirty drop dirty cloth. It can't be neon. Neon's two nineties <laughs> The puce ghost. Oh, wait, go yes, ahead, please. The burnt orange ghost. Like, you know, so,
1: and I wanted to judge because, um, again, with the Midwest, as we all laugh, like, everything is always just, like, a few years behind, but they're still... So I got a little judgy before even walking in because the font on the menu sign, I was like, ugh, gross. Like, it's that really weird... I, I'll, I'll show it to you. It's hard. You'll know exactly what I mean, but it's like that very clean sort of... Like a gothic. Spelled out. Not even... Maybe. Maybe. I think it's I called gothic it. and okay. I hate it. And I just was like, oh no, this place is going to be a dork fest. <laughs> Quite the opposite. I fully judged the restaurant. Um, we had... Waffle, fried bologna, and cheddar bites, Whoa. which were really, really good. Waffle. Um, fried bologna, which yes. I am my grandmother's granddaughter. God rest her soul. so like,
3: cheesy, crunchy.
1: Yeah, we, we grew up on fried bologna sandwiches. And, like, she'd wow. go get the ring and fry it in a pan and then make a sandwich. So it's
3: bologna within waffles. Fried, fried like
1: yeah, chopped fried, up with cheese and made into like, a waffle. open face almost and stacked. And then you just kind of ate it all. And, ah, yeah, it sauce? Was, I don't remember the sauce. I'd have to go back and look at their menu. But we had a lovely, lovely meal. Got uh, a little trashy trashed and... What they do is when they have their overflow because it's so popular, they bought the bar across the street, which is called um second best. But so we went over there first because we got the whole like, you guys, it's I mean, it's gonna be like 45 to an hour. This and is when what that you need to say. Up,
3: yeah, you need to say, hey, the wait's really long We want to grab a drink at the bar. Yeah, why, that's what, you what say. is it? What why is, are, is it the immediate turn I mean, down? What was it? And and I you it know pissed me off. If
0: you want to well, risk waiting, if you want to take that chance, I don't know what to I mean, tell we you. We hate money. We hate money. It's not so like an Much. adult
3: with a wallet that wants to spend I money. We're this our restaurant that's popular enough
0: that we're on a wait. Are well, you, you guys really? you want to risk that? Here's like? the annoying thing <laughs> right.
1: though is because I I kind of call the bullshit, but she knows. So like, but my mom and dad immediately were like, Oh God, we're not gonna get to the airport in enough time and blah blah. And I was like, That shit worked on them. If I wasn't with them, they would have walked away. And I was like, No, we'll put our name in. Had to fight my dad. I was like, Go outside. And I was like, Yes, van because we always say van instead of Van Poplin for three. And uh, then we go over, order a little bite, get a drink, 10 minutes, our table. That's what I'm saying. So they're all just like, I was like, do we not look cool? What's wrong?
2: Devil's advocate, though. As someone who works in a restaurant where there, there is always a wait. Yes. Right? And it's always a 45-minute wait. It's expectations. Yes. It's better to set an expectation of... It might be 45 minutes.
3: Yeah, well, I'm saying I'm and fine then with that happier. You I say I under, that yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. the discouragement of like,
1: do you really want to wait? But then but we we did that thing where you're like, OK, 45 minutes. We weren't there 10 minutes. And then it's like, do you want to keep your table? And it's like, you just told us to go get lost <laughs> for 45 minutes. And we yeah. are rushing. We slammed our drink and we all like ate those little pig in a blanket so fast. And then it was like, Hi. Cool. Like so I was like, that's negligent, sort of.
3: Yeah. yeah so I thought
1: yeah. that was kind of shitty. You it's know, hard. Hosting, as a host, is, yeah.
3: hosting is harder than it looks. Oh, like it's, it's not cool. just it, it really is. It's, it's, it's might a, be a, it's a in,
2: in very act. busy restaurants, I think it's the hardest job.
3: For sure.
0: Your point of view is that like you but this is a place that's you're always busy, always on a way all the time. Yeah. Possibly Great Ghost might be a place that like is a newly busy restaurant, newer yeah. place where like they're just not used to that kind of, you know, or it's more their patrons that probably aren't fucking used to it. You know, you have have people that come in like w- who aren't fully like yeah, educated LA for the fact that you ha- might have to wait 45 minutes for a table and people are like, This is insane, we're going to
3: McDonald's. Like, that happens,
0: sure. you know? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I know people get mad. I know everything like that. It's just, it was just like, yeah. it's when the it, tone, too. It's the tone of what you, you should leave instead of eating to this place you came to on purpose. Yeah, that's what bothers me. Yeah, at, le- at least at your place, it's like, This is one of the hottest restaurants in LA. You know, there's going to be a way. Like, people expect it. So, it's, I don't know. I know people yeah. get mad. No, no, I get it. Yeah. And I think in
1: bigger cities, too, like, I try not to go out on a busy night to, to somewhere popular starving. Totally. Yeah. And I'm fully anticipating um, and excited to be like, yeah, we're going to hit the bar. Call us, you yeah. know, when our I table's love a bar seat. seat. Me too. I love a bar
2: oh, seat. Oh, it's the
3: best. It's
1: great. But, anyways, yeah. Good travels. Yeah, good, good travels. Good
0: Well, we're kicking off summer, you guys. We are kicking off summer. In this episode specifically, we're going to talk about summer serving jobs. Okay? (laughs) These come in different shapes and form. I think no matter what, like, we're like, oh, it's summer. It's time to, like, play and cut loose and, like, lay on the beach. And people who have office jobs are, like, playing a hooky. But, like, if you're a server or, like, working in a town that, like, livens up, like a small beach town, you just get your ass handed to you over and over again. All summer long. Can we
1: relate? Oh, oh I, yeah. I can't help but think of the Hamptons in New York. Yeah. You know, immediately where New York descends upon this sleepy farm town.
0: That's been shuttered, essentially, <laughs> been, exactly. for like seven months, eight months.
1: Yeah, and people people do go there to make their seasonal money. Yeah, there's
0: people mm-hmm. like
3: go to town specifically to make the summer money. Yep. Yeah, and, and then, then that's the money that when feeds the them for over. the rest of
0: the year. Or yeah summer jobs were like, you're like, you're in school and like you go work at that crap shack every summer. And that's where you make all your money. And also like have your summer fucking romances and like work (laughs) hard and play hard. And like the staff party super hard all summer. Like it's an eighties movie. This stuff really happens. Yeah. We've all seen dirty Dancing Yeah. Oh Ah. my God. Give me, I'll fucking carry a watermelon. I have two
2: friends that met their husbands at their summer, um, uh, restaurant jobs. It's adorable. Like one was in Gloucester, Massachusetts. Gloucester? Gloucester. And the other one is in Cape May in Jersey. And like came back with
0: husbands. Came back
1: with holly. husbands and
0: fat wallets. It is a very East Coast thing. It is a very short sure life thing for like all those small sleepy all, beach towns to come alive.
2: It's kind of like a a weird like camp cuz like a lot I remember my friend at um, I think it, who went to Cape May, like they also like lit, they had housing for um, the staff oh, sure. as well.
1: Yes. You'd yeah. Have, like bunk. Yeah. Um, yeah, that
3: happens.
1: Well, we talking about East Coast, uh, the the Michigan version of that is everyone goes up north when the same traverse, with yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we're 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 repping the Oh, Midwest. I have Traverse in Door County. Oh, um, and
0: Eagle River. I, I have. Saw oh, that. We're gonna get to all of this. Spread
1: Eagle, the whole thing. You know, oh, I, you've told me about that. <laughs> well, that's Mara. That's Mara's <laughs> right, family. Right. 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 Spread Eagle, which is kind of close to where. That's very and her family. Spread
3: Eagle is a place. Correct. Yes. It is. yes. A okay. lot of eagle-based town so names. So you can in say hi, Minnesota and Wisconsin.
2: I gotta fly back to Spread Eagle today, or yeah, I'm gonna I'm Eagle. gonna drive into
0: Spread Eagle,
3: and yeah. our, our my family's cabin is in Eagle River. There
1: we go.
0: Yeah. it's right next to Butthole Eagle. Also. <laughs> 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 So I had a summer job in Omaha, Nebraska at a place called Rosenblatt Stadium, which was a minor league um, baseball stadium. (laughs) They have since leveled and put a brand new shiny stadium there. But there was a restaurant attached to the stadium called the View Club. And you would go in and it was like all windows, like tinted windows with three levels, right? And so the bar was on the top level and the kitchen was on the bottom level. Mm -hmm. And people would come in and instead of like getting burgers and hot dogs wrapped in foil, they'd come and get them served on plates. <laughs> and like <laughs> sit in an air conditioned restaurant
1: and and eat the hot dog with a fork and a knife exactly like it was Donald very Trump.
0: fancy and watch the game in an air conditioned view because you could see the field the ball game was happening right there and it was kind of it was kind of amazing like it was definitely a summer job the best time was probably when whenever there were fireworks obviously that you got to watch fourth uh, of july there was a buffet um so you didn't really have to do much work you just brought jinx but like you got automatic gratuity on all your on all your tickets that night um if there were day games there were always buffets we call them businessmen lunches and that's when you would bank and you'd always get double tipped like because Whoa. it's like it was automatic grat and then they'd always put something on top of it but um the college world series always came through every year too and no booze allowed but like you so got you were you basically you. worked doubles for two weeks straight Whoa! And so you got to go out and hang out in the concourse, and you would like do trades with like all like the delicious shitty fried food vendors, and like it was a really really fun summer job.
2: How many summers did you do it? I
0: t- only two summers, but like my sister got recruited, so we worked together. We made to recruited. To, like so, Doreen, who was our manager, Doreen. Doreen. And um, my friend Miranda, they had like all worked at Rosenblatt Stadium for years doing college World Series stuff, but more in the concourse. And then Doreen like started managing the restaurant. So I think sounds like, like Miranda like is the comic. one that was like, if you want the summer job, come get it. I was like, I do, and then my sister caught wind, <laughs> and like there was a there was a tight group of us. Like my friend Liz, who we worked with, who actually listens to the podcast. Hey Hello, Liz. Liz. Hey, Liz. Um, her and her husband John met John Scow because he was working in the kitchen and managed the kitchen, and he was like, she was like this beautiful, like two super tall redhead, like Irish Catholic, very smart young woman, and he was like, he just moved, I think Seattle. He was like. He used the word squat rot a lot, like because he would he was a punk rock, like Hellion, and he would like squat in houses and you get squat rot if you like stayed on dirty mattresses because that's what it was called. And they fucking fell in love. <laughs> and they got married so young. Like they were one of the my first friends to ever get married, like his fucking friends, somebody stole the baby Jesus out of the manger scene when the day they got married because they got married around Christmas. It was a huge no, no. Like people were pissed, but like it was so no like, like opposites that. attract and they're still together and they have three kids and it's, it's like, it's amazing.
3: It's like Paula Abdul and DJ St- Scott Cat.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for
3: sure. That's totally what it
0: is. Um, I was literally, I was
3: like, which
1: rapper is that? And then I was like, wait a minute, he's an animated cat. He sure is.
0: Kyle. I feel like you had to have had a summer job, though.
2: I did. I had a, I used to go home. I mean, granted, though, it wasn't like summer because it was Florida and it's summer 365 days there. Um, But I used to go home and work at the quarterdeck
1: which was... Ah, we've heard of the quarter day. So yeah. with the
2: swings? With the swings. Uh, that my, <laughs> and the old
1: lady was like, maybe you push fucking push her, yeah. the swing? Yeah.
2: push her in the swing. Yep, push her in the swing. I had to wear really short like khaki shorts and a baseball hat. Um, lots of wings. I served wings all the time.
0: But it was still a, like a summer place.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, because I would go home for the summer in college and I'd work there. Because uh, it was like a the people that live, used to live down the street owned it. So it was very easy to get a job. And I worked there a couple summers, actually. I made pretty good money. wasn't really, like, it was It was just weird old people. <laughs> and then we would get some nights where it was just like, it was the worst when I would wait on uh, people I knew from high school that were in town who are now, like, because everybody, a lot of the people I went to high school with, because I'm from Florida, went to college to find men to get married to. So they brought them home and they'd be like, oh, oh, this is my husband or like, this is my boyfriend, George. I don't know. Um, who are you dating? And I would be like, my career. You know, <laughs> it was very interesting when you have to like go home to work. It's almost like it, it's a little degrading. <laughs> it can yeah. be fun if you're like, yeah, own it. And I'm really excited to see all my friends. But I went to school with a lot of rich kids, too.
0: So, oh, sure. didn't um, have to do it. Me too. But like even looking at, you know, looking up summer jobs and summer waiting jobs, there's lots of articles that do pop up from like, you know, successful professionals in their field, whether it be like in business or acting who credit um, specifically waiting tables in the summer to giving them a lot more experience and giving them the life skills they have. Today, other than doing like a a stuffy internship.
3: Listen, once you've sweat wearing a dressed work shirt, a full Mm -hmm. length apron, Mm. a tie and Mm. black pants, Mm. you really get an appreciation for the freedom that is uh, wearing jean shorts and not having to wait fucking tables in the summer.
2: (laughs) And it's also like knowing that you can make a ton of bank in a short amount of time and being young enough and having the stamina to do that. Yeah. I mean that is what I sort of uh, like. I had I did have friends that would go and like work at those places. Also, the Cape is a big place where that happens.
1: Oh yeah, okay.
2: And just like it was, it was like you know, it becomes like a like you're on like on automatic pilot. Is that what it is? Oh uh-huh. really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: totally. Just going through the motions.
2: Yeah, just going through the motions. And then there's the other side where it's just like oh, it's like Dawson's Creek. You're just like. Like everybody, I don't, don't want to <laughs>
0: wait on
2: another table. Do oh, uh. you, be did you ready? like how I said? I set you guys up and then you volleyed it back.
1: I so. think what sucks, what what can be that weird dichotomy though, is when you are working your ass off. Making that money at a summer seasonal job, like for everyone else, they're like endless summer. Yeah, it is hard to see. And dreams, and then you are just constantly looking out the window at the ocean, like maybe I'll touch it one day. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you, you know, I, I just, I like think the lobsters in the tank get more action than you do. Like- <laughs> yeah.
0: Talking about like you know our service jobs that we like maybe we still have or maybe that we had when we were in Chicago where like there's a big patio involved and when the summer season (gasps) hits the entire restaurant like doubles in size it's twice as much seating so it's twice as much work but for some reason the fucking kitchen still stays stays the same size I don't understand
3: I mean we live in Los Angeles which should have patios aplenty where are the patios There are so many more patios in the Midwest because you can only use them for Lake-shift five patios. seconds. But that's the problem. Is because... And that's a loss on money. Think
0: about, like, here, like, if that was open all the time. It'd be so much I more. I just, I
3: don't understand if I... these people grew up and just don't, don't care. Or, like, Or, there, like, or if they have no heart. But, like, <laughs> you go to a restaurant and you're like, you don't have wind, patio here. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, what the fuck?
0: I, when I moved here, I, I was uh, really shocked. Almost. I was like, yeah. gonna, I can't just go
1: sit outside and drink a margarita. I live in Los Angeles
0: now. It's, Someone help it's me. It's a like,
1: lot more on the west side, but even there, not that many places. No. And then it tiny doesn't patties.
3: make any goddamn sense. There is some
0: change happening, like far east, like a little more Highland Park, Eagle Rocky. I feel like there's little changes happening here. Oh, and there.
3: yeah. You know, I tried. Side note. I tried the vegan beer garden. Oh, in Highland Park. or you whatever. You liked it too? Did you? I go? have not been. she I'd like to go. It was so good. i heard it's it great. I really want to go. go. I mean, go. No, I no, drink no. sparkling water, so I can't attest for the beer. But the I got a Jaeger Schnitzel, was vegan. It was so. Even my friend who came, like by like not really being that hungry, she ate. Half, I mean, we just. We scarf that thing down. I'm
0: like, you can give me spasal and red cabbage. I'm the happiest girl.
3: It's so good, and it's a beautiful patio. Yeah, mm. Highland Park's on top of it Pilot Highland Park's on top of it because I'll tell it's you what. It's a bunch wh- of New York
1: transplants. Of course. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what. I'm tired of wanting to sit outside and saying to everyone, all right, lower your expectations. Let's go to Salazar. And I yes. don't care. I'll name yes. names. Ooh. Ooh. Worst staff ever. I had a good one last time. I think I, had, I already said did? this. I had a yeah. good one a few weeks ago. Something, they, they, they like, you know, got a little more ship shape over there. The
2: worst vegetarian options but ever. Yeah,
1: terrible vegetarian options. The drinks... Like they just ring up so fast, and but you're just sitting there going, like, it's no all rent.
0: ice, it's like giant. It is such a bummer a skinny... because it really is a beautiful space, yes. you know, and it is such a coveted thing in this town, which again, it shouldn't be.
3: If you, if you are listening, this is basically a completely outdoor venue, it used to be a service station, like a gas station, and so they still have this awning that they've made very cute and they put out really cute. It's an adorable space it's packed
2: all the time, yes. but
3: for some reason, it's a clusterfuck for everyone that works
0: there, and like. Uh, no Nobody can, like, keep their shit straight. Because, like, the kitchen's all the way on one side. The bar's all the way over on another side. And everywhere in between, apparently, is when the sun goes down. It's just dark and nobody knows where they're going. There's a black (laughs) hole that people have to pass through. And they
1: forget if they even work there. Yeah, I don't think it's the... They, like, sit down and they're like, I'll have a margarita. And you're like,
3: wait, weren't you our server? They're like, I don't know. I think it's Uh, the uh, combination of everyone bringing their dog and child uh, and so you, the service take long because they have to dodge $8 million. Dogs I mean, and i 3 feel million bad because the
0: they're inundated all the time. So yeah. it's just, too, uh, I don't know, Maybe there's the a lot going into Wednesday. LA not River
1: fumes. like Oh, brain yeah, that's damage. real.
0: Um, so working outside when you've worked a patio, and I certainly have rocked a fucking patio. It is, right? You're it's dealing with weather. Wait, where did you uh, work
2: outside? Oh, Brooke and patio? I worked
0: together at Bad Dog Tavern in oh. Chicago, Illinois, which had, it was a beautiful patio.
2: Right, but was, but
0: was it? Uh, and I, uh,
2: correct, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Was it sweltering hot? Yes. Okay.
0: And people were still like, yes. But it's not even people because they get to
2: leave. Like you're there for eight hours. Yes. Yeah. I had to. I worked at the Vanderbilt and Prospect Park. Mm-hmm. And did you guys? Where have we to, met. Yeah. Did you guys have to bring out the furniture yes, and bring yeah. it in you at the end to of the night? Unlock it. I have never. I I have never had so many moments of like. Breaking down in the middle of just working an eight-hour shift, being so fucking exhausted, my arms and legs hurting, and then being told I have to do manual labor by pulling wrought iron chairs inside and stacking them, <laughs> Dude, and, so then, and then and right then taking now. a chain yeah, and wrapping and a it chain. I'm around. Sorry,
1: that is like the bus boy's job. In my mind, yeah, in some sometimes ways, it's the best you know, boyship. it doesn't have to be. But I, I, I'm, I'm just saying, like. It just, I, you know what? It's just not my job. That's
0: what I would love. Sure. Yeah, it just wasn't yours. Sometimes it you know? was, sometimes uh, it wasn't. It was it depended always, on what shift you're working. Uh, it sucks.
1: So, okay, so it's like you know, you're you're setting up the patio, but then also putting it away, and because it's New York and it's 102 degrees with 103 so hot. humidity, so you show up with like maybe flip flops and a tank top so you don't die, and then you're dragging a wrought iron table and just Next uh, you're, you're you're have a dropping towel. it on your toe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, it's rough, and you showed up for work, showered. Yeah, but now you are one hundred percent drenched again, right? Because they want you to wear all black, <laughs> yes, right? And they want you to work outside with no awning,
2: in direct sunlight, and it, I, I just, I had, so, I would literally lose my mind when they told me I was working the patio. Plus, like <laughs> these patios
0: are prime fucking real estate yeah, for they people are. coming in. That's where they want to sit. That's where they want to be seen. And
2: That's it's like they- a good section if you aren't wearing like a, a parka. Right. right? We- you know what I mean? It's just, it's the most uncomfortable. I hate, I, it, like, I'm sorry. I just had like a, my, my whole body just oh. tensed thinking about I it. it. I saw
3: it. Can, can we agree?
1: I fucking hated it so that much. That it's a sp- Special kind of asshole customer who shows up to sit on the patio right at 5 p.m. Oh my they're, god. They're alone. Oh, oh my god. They're they alone. Oh, they they sit outside it's so hot. And you have to wait. But they're like, but they're some sort of guy usually wearing like a safari cap. Like it's just like a fun guy who's like, I'm wearing my my weather-cooling wicking outfits. So I don't mind. I used to study in Africa, you know, just some fucking lone shark weirdo. And to me, it's that sound of the stifling hotness and deadening sound in New York outside. And but then you'd go in and there's like music and it's cool and you'd be like, oh my it's God, only I have to go back out, out there. Or I was like hot time. <laughs> even worse <laughs> when you, when you, you
0: open
2: and you're setting up and somebody is standing there, a customer is standing <laughs> there watching you struggle pulling these chairs out so just being like I'm i don't ready. know why it's not set up like I, they're setting up our table right now you know what just wait it's fine it's gonna happen it's gonna happen we're gonna sit i just i just wish they would move faster it's like you go i, I oh. how about
3: help me oh yeah that's yeah. the problem they never leave they they get their patio seat and, and then they, then then they sit. like here we, sit sit we are they camp that's hours. what we call them we call them campers campers yeah mm-hmm. yeah
0: There's so many more shifts to have. There's so much more money to be made. It's also, I think there's just a summer mentality where you can work harder and you can play harder. So like, while you might be getting your ass handed to you and have a swamp ass all summer, you're also staying out later, probably drinking more. Having more fun because, like, you you feel the... Because oh, it's summer, exactly baby! Exactly, it's There's summer. nothing
1: like summer in New York. Yeah. There is this epic, awesome patio and bar that will open up if it's, like, a warm day in March. If it hits, like, 55, you know, they'll post on Instagram, we're open! It's this place called The Peanut Barrel, which I just love. It was my college hang so much trouble, so much romance. The summer of 2000 was the best summer of my life, and you could find all of us at the Peanut Barrel, literally celebrating
3: every... Y2K, not ruining the world. Exactly. Okay.
1: The, the, the interwebs didn't crash. The, the, first the time robots didn't,
0: didn't take over the world. That was
1: my eighth-grade
2: presidential slogan: Y2K, yes to Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: hey. I'd vote for that, <laughs>
2: and then it was also welcome to the Willenium because my last name is Williams. <laughs> yeah, yes. yes.
3: on point, and Howard. you're aligning yourself with say, Will Smith. Oh yeah, who oh is yeah. not to be beat. Par-
2: party in the city where the heat is on, all night on the beach to the break of dawn. I could see vote Bo- for Kai song. Williams. Vote <laughs> Bo- for <Cal>
1: But, I, yeah, I, I think of the summer of 2000, and there's a handful of my friends who all, like, fondly look upon it, too. Like, we got a huge group. It was a, it was a summer of playing um, Kick the Can throughout the city, which was so fun. We played. We just did all this, like, renegade, awesome, really fun, like, a lot of adult mischief games all throughout. This was our college town. And then we would... End up after playing sweaty like dodgeball, kickball, kick the can, whatever. Run. Drinking at the Peanut Barrel. Also, and you had just turned twenty-one. Right? I just turned twenty-one. I loved that place. They made the world's most dangerous Long Island, and so they would start marking your hand when you had one, and <gasps> if you got another another mark, then you just you were done for the night. Oh my god, I so, love that so would you much. you make friends? Go
0: get you? No, or, oh. no,
1: they were. It was a. It was not a big place, and the staff fucking knew us uh you know what I'm saying they're like oh god they're here again and I mean that was a summer where like I had never really met like a scary mean girl you know where I-, I met these punk rock girls that we were hanging out with we were fighting over the same boys and I got a switchblade pulled on me in the what? bathroom oh yeah this girl her nickname was pretty hate machine and, what? Oh, I know. She best ate, summer ever. Best summer ever because <laughs> I landed like two of the hottest guys that summer, and she's like, "But my dad's a dentist. I'm half Asian and beautiful, and I'm punk I'll rock." Stab and, you! And like, so she would like go out of her way to intimidate me. She pulled a switchblade. Switch blade. She had a stiletto, like one of those where I'm like, "That's actually a fucking boss move." Um, Do you hang out later. No, but did then, she but then pinned. You? She cornered me. She say to you, you're. I, need I know. To hear I'm, more about I'm washing this. over but, details. Uh, I couldn't tell you exactly what she said to me, but pulled the switchblade, pinned me against the stall, and then kissed me on my lips. So she was playing. This is like so like, pre-killing Eve. Shit, I was just gonna say. Wow,
3: that's like very very. And then hot
1: stole my film. boyfriend a few months later. All the shit went down on the patio, the man. Best summer best ever. ever. <laughs> Let's wrap this up with some great
0: server life tweets you guys um uh boston server probs at boston server oh i like this guy yeah wrote patio season is basically the summer olympics of the restaurant industry hashtag server life hashtag server problems
1: i mean i think we can all relate to that dude i mean when you go up into northern michigan because it's so beautiful and like jocelyn was saying like in the midwest summer is like three minutes long but i mean all the all the townies, I mean, you have nicknames like everyone who goes up to Mackinac Island, etc. They're all called fudgies, cone suckers, <laughs> uh, lowlanders like the whole thing, like because you're just like, here they fucking come,
0: cherry droopers. I don't know,
2: bug
1: <laughs> <laughs> suckers.
0: Um,
2: <laughs> this next one's from at least two five.
1: What are these I candles? don't know.
2: Um, When you get a crap section and still walk with two bills in summer, hashtag thug life, hashtag server life.
1: Yeah, making that summer money. Jocelyn, this one's going to upset you.
3: No, this is is at Whiskey Unicorn. Hashtag worst thing about summers. My job requires dark blue jeans in that North Carolina summer. Hashtag swamp ass (laughs) Hashtag server life I feel you Kelly I feel you whiskey unicorn I have sweat The sweat I've sweat more Waiting tables In a patio section In summer Than all of the workouts And I work out Four to five times a week I promise you Buckets I could fill an ocean With
0: butt sweat
3: With butt sweat girl (laughs) Don't worry Never touched any of the food (laughs)
1: And you have you have to trigger the PTSD so that people have the stories resurface mm-hmm. so that they can relate want to you know write in um
4: I teach a bunch of like 18 to 22 year olds in a very like liberal theater department at a very left-leaning college and the idea that PTSD is something you want is right. the mo- that's the most dangerous thing yep. I could be around right now that idea
1: but Absolutely it's but it's true yeah. And then well, you remember
0: other things like you murdered a man one summer while you were waiting tables you'd pushed it down so hard <laughs> <laughs> With all the stories of, you know, getting orders wrong, but you for Plum forgot you killed someone. And it almost, all
1: comes back to the surface. I almost um, feel like, um, like in the order of where you stuff things down in your denial and layer, like still waiting tables is below murdering someone.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want there. I want a horse. I want a horror series called I Know Who You Stiffed Last Summer. Oh That's yeah. What I and it's just murdering people that don't tip. That's just actually
0: and who you know everybody be like yeah. I see that. I see. I see why. David, welcome to the podcast, Den.
3: Hi.
1: Crawling with dogs as promised, as everything should be. Dogs and electrical yeah, cords, cords oh. and
4: dogs. That's a combo that works. <laughs>
1: And what's great is they can see out the window, so if anyone passes by, they're going to freak out. Oh, great. We are an audio dream.
4: It's an adoption alarm system is what I like to call it.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: adoption alarm.
4: I just like the constant jingling of the tags. Oh, I think yeah. that's a really fun part. We we record our podcast, me and Jonathan Bradley-Welch, at my house with my dog, who is constantly jingling and running, or Jonathan's two dogs. So this is there very, I feel like I'm home. Good. Good. Yep.
1: We just want people to be uh, comfortable. I pity the person who ever comes on the show who doesn't like dogs. <laughs>
4: Yeah. Well, why would you want that? Why would you want, want to give that person any bandwidth? In- you know what? We
1: and if they don't, don't like anything dogs when they come
4: in, they're probably really not going to like dogs when they leave. Like, yeah.
1: They're <laughs> not changing hearts and minds after no. you do this podcast. No. Um, so wait, you said you just wrapped a memoir about waiting tables.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we have moved on to another memoir because my agent really liked it. But he's like, you know, mm, that darkly com- comedic memoir that you've been working on about waiting tables in lower Manhattan the week after 9-11. I just don't know. If-. No, he was very kind about it. Uh, and it's there. It's on like a back burner now. But for like a year, that was a thing I was working on, which is based on a solo show I did about that week. Wow! Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, and to go there for a second, uh, mm-hmm. let's also just warmly welcome David Crab. Sorry, we forgot well, hey. to even give you an info. <laughs> I love being you. front
4: loaded with nine eleven. Oh, That's right, yeah, to, it's a really And good then, intro then I come to in. Who you, yeah, yeah, your name.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, let's pause before we talk about nine eleven and introduce our guest, <laughs> David Crab. Hey, Hi, David. We've been wanting to have you on for so long. Yeah. So
0: we're so happy you're here. I'm happy to be
4: here.
1: So, you know, I did not live in New York at that time. I was, uh, you know, everyone remembers where they were. But I'm sure you've spoken with Brandy before because she lived in New York during that time. And for any of my now friends who were there in New York before I got there, anyone will say that it was one of the more surreal, insane like it just sort of anything went like if you wanted to hug someone and cry if you wanted to have an outburst like there i, I guess there was just so much understanding yeah there was a, weird a way
4: there was a lot of like you know i felt there was a lot of like seeing people hug each other on subway platforms if you could get to the subway there was a lot of like people hugging each other on the street um the restaurant where i worked at was the french roast which was on 6th avenue and yes. 11th street oh
1: wow okay and you
4: know after 9-11, there was a blockade on 14th, and you couldn't go down there. yet to show ID. There were, like, mm-hmm. fucking, like, weird ninja marine dudes. Like, mm-hmm. I've never seen military people dress like the giant ninja marines with the AK-47s. You'd show your ID, and I would show it because the French roast was run and operated solely by this Israeli family. Mm-hmm. And even though stuff below 14th was closed, like, the Israelis took that shit, like, really personally. They were like, mm-hmm. fuck that. We're going to stay open and serve lattes. Um, they couldn't get any shipments of food, so the menu that week was just this weirdly dissolving, like... People would be like, can I get a croque monsieur? And I'm like, yes, but it doesn't come with bread or eggs. And it's like, <laughs> so just what is it, cheese. like bechamel sauce, hand, uh, yeah. and like a and boat? <laughs> like it was like everything was like falling apart. So we just started sort of like custom making food for people. Um, yeah, it was a weird experience because it was weird because that thing that you're talking about was true with people like being sweet and hugging and emotional. But you were still dealing with your own shit waiting tables to people who if they were demanding before 9-11 like I kind of experienced the other side of it like there was some real unhinged fucking people real sweet people and then really unhinged like a man stormed out of me I'll always remember and like he said, I didn't get him his check fast enough. He was this businessman and he tapped his foot under the table the whole time, like really coked out. Mm-hmm. Like everyone was agitated. And he stormed out, he put a zero on the credit card cool. thing. And he did it so hard so many times that it tore through the paper. Oh. I had that. Isn't that great? And
1: that's fun. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Fuck me, I you guess. You really want me you to fuck know? Fuck me.
4: And I was, it was like my third day there. I was scared of the water. Well, my third day after 9 11 in a row, working mm. doubles, because all these people left. And I was like, I'll work them because I was gonna save money and get out of New York like every other <laughs> rational person and I chased him outside of the restaurant. I just broke and I chased him and I I knocked on the window of his cab. And I was like, what is your problem? And he yelled at me, he's like, you weren't there when I needed you. You weren't there in a loop as the cab drove away. And I will always remember as he screamed that at me, the cab driver realizing everyone was a little broken and fucked up. Using his control, rolled up the guy's window. And I will always remember him screaming at me with the glass going up and like the hot breath of his face on the glass as the cab drove away. And he just still, and he was still screaming, You weren't there when I needed you in the cab as it like went up Sixth Avenue.
1: Holy shit. Tell us about your uh, waitering origins.
4: I, my first job, I was 15 and it was in Seguin, Texas. And I got a job, my first job, freshman year of high school, at the as a dishwasher-slash-room-service dude at the Holiday Inn. Um, uh, Holiday Inn Express, sorry. I didn't, oh, mean to, I didn't mean to make it glamorous for a minute. Uh, and it was at the intersection of I-35 and Route 123. And it was the Holiday Inn Express that had the special partition structure outside for truckers to park. Like, it had all the trucker mm. stuff where they have special i'm getting real gay here they right, had special right. pumps and air <laughs> yeah. and water things <laughs> right. i don't know what they, they were got big trucks and you gotta park them there they uh yeah so i would wash dishes there um they're the truckers the room service was one of the weirdest parts because those dudes i would deliver food so many times to completely naked crazy like duck dynasty dudes who i don't think they were like some of them i think were like on the road to live a secret life and get some D, maybe. Right, sure, sure, sure. But most of them just didn't think of me as a person anymore. That's interesting. Like so many truckers like, look like bears when you really think about it. Of course. Yeah. yeah. It's a culture, honey. Uh, <laughs> right? But, like, I saw so much, yeah, so many naked truckers. Um, And they weren't, yeah, they weren't weird. It was just like, yeah, bring it in. Just like everything out, you know. Um, And that job I had for about six months until one time I had a boss named Dee Dee. She was this crazy lady she always was telling me to get my na out the way she said get your na out the way and i was always like and finally after a few months she said "You're narrow you're uh what'd you say your narrow ass your narrow white ass (laughs) which i thought was so funny because she could i could have been nwa which is even uh, a funnier name for narrow white ass um she one time decided that i should clean everything you know, and she actually did a lot of that work. So I was like, cool, I'll clean. But I didn't know about cleaning. So she just pointed at the chemical, like the cleaning closet. And I didn't know about that. I just found a huge bucket and I mixed 409. And I was like, well, what else do I need to get these floors really clean? And I saw this big thing of bleach. That row. And I leaned over that thing and I poured those chemicals in. And if you don't know what I'm moving towards right now, that is a chemical reaction you don't want in your face. I woke up in the parking lot surrounded by a few, like an ambulance. There was a fire truck. There were cops. There were truckers in various states of undress, confused in the parking lot. They had called in. A, <laughs> they had to evacuate uh, the restaurant and the front part of the of, of Holiday the Inn Express. <laughs> oh, and people apparently from the highway were calling the Seguin PD, being like, there's a smell out of here on 35. Like, it was terrible. So within a week of that... Um, uh, I had a really polite conversation with a guy that like found a way to passive aggressively fire me because I think he saw like a law he made me feel like there were better things for me to do sure and and there were You're like uh, it 's a
1: big world out there, I just see big things for you, yeah,
4: yeah, well, I worked at a music store after that, which was awesome. that was a good they cut me loose that 's much yeah. better um and
1: yeah. to to pause and illustrate really quickly um david 's body is uh Two thirds covered in uh, a severe chemical burn.
0: <laughs> um,
1: the bravery, the bravery. He's like to-
0: Dolly. He only wears <laughs> it tattoos. It burns, he burns. He never wears anything long sleeves. So.
4: Yeah, yeah. My face is it just looks like a mount. It's like a turkey. That's with your some slits fault in it.
0: because you're supposed to be trained on etiquette. Like, what's the big book? The Ms. What's the, oh sure, but I mean, it's kitchen like in the big binder.
1: Yep. There's all if the it's rules corporate. In. If it's corporate. Yeah. yeah. See, I. Exactly, and our friend Ali yeah. is sitting in. We're going to talk to her in a little bit too, but she yeah. knows all this stuff, she, and she's
4: she cackling knew what at was you. coming the and minute she's a I mentioned queen, bleach. So, and like,
1: she- she's like, "What?"
4: <laughs> oh, that was terrible. It was really terrible. If you've ever inhaled that, I mean, I was. I mean, not, this is gross. It was like, it was like 24 hours of ropes of mucus, like coming out of. It was like, oh, it was like. I mean, that shit, like oh it was terrible I just, like, ropes of mucus, the visual of you that.
0: pouring it and then like a crazy like a green gas like then yeah. fogging up the entire room yeah. and you just hearing you thud to the ground <laughs> <So> <laughs> like,
4: well, I, mean, I mean luckily I was on my hunt like I was squatted it was one of you know those buckets that are so big there's like a drawing of a baby like don't let your baby near this bucket <laughs> it's too big for your baby it was like that kind of bucket so luckily I didn't have fall too far back but in the parking lot my back when I got up was all like messed up because they had dragged me <laughs> From the kitchen through the parking lot. I'm assuming Dee Dee did, just, like, sweating and cursing at me <laughs> with, unconsciously. Like, did she, was she
0: a
1: smoker? Did Dee like, have a cigarette hanging <laughs> out
0: of her did. mouth? She, d- she
4: did smoke, but thank God she wasn't smoking at that moment. Yeah. Right. I, mean, I don't Boom. know what happened.
1: Dee Dee wouldn't have had a face either, oh, so. Yeah. Um,
4: yeah.
1: um. Why do um, I just picture for Game of Thrones fans, like, wildfire? Oh, <laughs> just, d- like, no. green. I, it aggressive. was a flash.
4: <laughs> I do remember it visually as a cloud that kind of became a flash and then just blackness. Just darkness. Like, just... How yeah. old were you again? I was 15. Oh, I was wow. about to be 16. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think I should have actually had a I'm lying, I was 16. I just did the math wrong, I was 16. Yep. Because I had lived in San Antonio. My mom got remarried and moved to skiing. So yeah, I was it's like sophomore, sophomore year. Got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Good times amazing mm-hmm. and so
1: um all in we always like to get some stats uh mm-hmm. how so you you actually went back to the service industry at some point mm-hmm. after waiting the poisoning uh, moving uh, yeah getting poisoned then working you're in right. the music industry we say <laughs> you're a little chernobyl i'm gonna South, call it that yeah. i'm gonna call
4: it your Lil chernobyl. Like... My li- <laughs> <laughs> little chernobyl oh i want to get into that show but i just don't think i can Ooh, do it's it. crazy anyway really? we'll talk about later. Okay. so
1: david what does it feel like to have liquid bones <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, your jaw your jaw just. He's fell. so yeah. he's so brave. Oh. He's so brave for having such liquid bones.
4: <laughs> I was carded here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way, I went to the wrong house first and it's fascinating. It's my fault. House, because an old uh woman speaking in Spanish, she is like the the sort of a uh, blind oracle from like any Guillermo de Toro movie. I answered the door behind a screen, so like I couldn't really see her, and she was like, corosca. Like, I don't know. And I
0: was just like, um Andrea? Andrea?
4: Brooke. <laughs> And then she answered and, like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then she dragged kind of a claw. No, she didn't. Do that. <laughs> but it was it was really fascinating. And then she lingered at the door and I just walked away. Like she didn't shut the door, she may, let me end that Interaction that emotional oh. altercation. It was a, it was fascinating. I apologize. Go you. meet her.
1: Yeah, that's our producer.
0: Um,
4: have <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh
0: uh She's
4: we, we're all cursed. Um. See, in college, I became a barista for a few years. Me too. So let's say Me like three. two years, and then we have the Holiday Inn Express. So that's three. But then it was when I moved to New York in '99 that I kind of by 2001 2000 I was all in. So we're talking like. Non stop in New York, probably up until 2014. Wow. So, like 13 years 15. additionally to so 16. Wow. Yep.
1: 17? No, we, we all, we all kind of did our math. Yeah. And I, I was yeah. We're all about decade plus. If I include, yeah, I was going to say, if I include barista yeah. work, uh, I'm definitely like 15, 16
4: years. But yeah. the rest of it
1: was uh, being a waitress.
4: Yeah. Did you, uh, any bartending? Yes. For you all too? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, did, a, I did a mix mainly bartending
0: yeah i did a yeah. mix too and uh, i i loved i liked wearing both hats
1: i really liked bartending though you're yeah. a great bartender i imagine you'd be like real fun to get a drink from
4: i i, I was until i wasn't sure uh, yep that's most people's trajectory you know and it also kind of depends on the place you know the years at the french roast i was only waiting tables and i actually that was like my first couple years in new york i got that job and it was a real awesome like melting mm-hmm. pot of people it was like You know, there were all these waiters that would pop in from doing working on all these. It was a real cool, like, New York, MTV's real-world kind of experience Mm -hmm. staff. And then, after that, I moved to Rafifi, which is probably the (gasps) first place we maybe ever... Yes. uh, And I bartended there for, like five years what's Rafifi Rafifi was a comedy bar in the east village mm-hmm. it's the home of uh
1: invite them up
4: invite them up um Nick Kroll hot, uh, and
1: John Mullaney. Okay. Nick Kroll Jenny oh, uh, Jenny Slate and mm-hmm. um
4: yeah like it was it's crazy I think back on nights of like waiting there and like who are these who are these people right and like you think of them it was just this it had this little hot what would you say? It was like a three-year period where it was this kind of,
1: where it was crazy. like really popping off. That was yeah. so. I think within a year of moving there, um, which is amazing. Jenny Slate vouched yeah. for me because she's really awesome and sweet. Yeah. And Alia may have been there too because she were comedy friends from back in the day. She would go to Lolita Bar with me. Ah, uh, that's where we met. And then we would subsequently go together. And um, Jenny vouched for me to be on Invite Them Up because she was dating Bobby Tisdale at the time. And it was, for me, that was like my version of like being on like America's Got Talent, like that (laughs) level of pressure because I was like, these people are all somebody's, or yeah. they're about to be major, like Mike Berbiglia was like really blowing up or whatever, and so I mean, I had nightmares for a full straight week before my first set ever, I'd invite them up, where the, um, the cord would drop out of the microphone, <sighs> and then I'd spend the rest of my allotted time trying to be like, I can't get it back in and fumbling, <laughs> and then yeah, anyways, but yeah, no, the, I... I was definitely there, uh, yeah. a real drunk, probably sassing some drinks out of you. Everyone and you, you were sassing back.
4: I, I mean, I don't know how I, I mean, I don't, that really was my Chernobyl. If we really want to break down what physiologically <laughs> I yeah. did to my body during, because that was a place to party. I mean, you want to work in a bar that's fun because when, right. even on the nights when it wasn't this comedy bar, which is so great, and Bobby and Eugene, like that was my night, working their party and then working sometimes for, you know, Jenny's show that she did with Max and Gabe. Mm-hmm. On Fridays and Saturdays, there were these huge, like trash was this huge i don't know if you ever went on a friday this like huge dance party where all these like djs and i mean it was like it was a tiny space too god i drank so much i yeah i drank so much and so much free booze i was actually one of the more conservative people (laughs) other bartenders if you're listening Lindsay and karen (laughs) the amount the kindness with which we gave comedians Drag performer, I mean, just anyone. Like, it was really like if they were performing there or having a show, we were just like so you're like, good to you're them. I um, don't regret it. David. I did the
0: same thing when I bartended for a comedy show. Like, all oh. my hosts always wasted all the time. Like,
4: yeah.
1: I will show this to you in a bit. I still
4: have a Fifi drink <laughs> ticket. You oh, isn't that well, funny? Maybe
1: it's, it's in my scrapbook.
4: Have you, do you know if you went to Rafifi now to redeem it, what you would find?
1: It's like a really bad. What is Rafifi? It got it's turned a like a T-Mobile exchange. Exactly. Yeah. it's As, a
4: Buffalo. I exchange. know. I was
1: either gonna say like a Froyo <laughs> spot or a TD Bank because oh, that's
4: no.
0: all New York like, is what anymore. What a good time to say the word Buffalo. <laughs> like yeah. it's like a Buffalo it's exchange, a exchange. Like exchange. Ugh.
4: Yeah, Rafifi was Rafifi was great. And Rafifi was weird because I got a late start and trajectory doing comedy and storytelling mm-hmm. and writing and I had a lot of, you know, I think a lot of people in New York have those like first 2 years where you're kind of lost, you're just spinning in like a tornado of glitter and whiskey <laughs> and mine kind of lasted like 8 years, yeah. you know. Um and Rafifi was so interesting because like I was starting to do improv and I was working with a theater company but like what I really wanted to be doing was way more in line with what all those people were doing through the glass doors. So totally. it was it was it was fascinating. It was inspiring. And then there were nights where it was like, this is fucking boring. What do you want to drink? I can't hear Journey's slate right now. You motherfucker. <laughs> you know. Um, you know, yeah, fun great. fact.
1: I was there the first night you ever did the. Moth Story Slam and one. You you were. I was. Yeah, that was it. Oh, that place is gone now. South Paw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to hear a little more about like on the ground being a waiter. Mm-hmm. Was it just the French roast, or did it move on to full on bartending?
4: No, the French roast was just waiting. I didn't wait a lot of places, bes- actually anywhere really. I think besides, I mean, I did some catering. Um, I was a caterer for Whoopi Goldberg's private parties for yeah. like a year. That Whoa. was fun. And my husband Jack was like her waiter when she had like a four, like when she had like two couples. And Jack would go to the house and like be the server. So we love Whoopi, very soft place in our hearts for Whoopi Goldberg. That's really fun. Yeah, I almost destroyed her very expensive robot toilet from Japan one time. <laughs> uh, she's very cool about it. Um,
0: like from a turd, or like the way you sat on it was no, weird. I
4: didn't know how to use the, re- the, the 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 like remote. Like it's it didn't just have a handle See, on it. Yeah. It had it had it had this wall mounted just a slab of buttons that had different lights and different, like, fuck, like a swirly thing and four red lines and a triangle and, like, a fucking sphinx. Like, I couldn't figure out what the fuck it was. So when I went to flush it, I pushed this toilet that just started... I, it had several bidet options is what I'm thinking Right, happened. you can hit
1: yourself in all the spots.
4: I think I pushed something for a lady because my ball <laughs> really hurt. It was very a <laughs> <up> front. <laughs> it was a front blast it, and it was there was a rhythm to it. Like <laughs> It wasn't constant. <laughs> So then I pushed that again because I could, and it didn't make it stop. So then I just started pushing more buttons. And then like pinhead popped up in front of you. I got a the, I got a back one that was warm, and then I pushed something that made the tank kind of rumble. The seat got real hot, <laughs> and at a certain point my ass was just like a storm on a teacup because I couldn't get up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was a, it was like riding a pony. And I couldn't, like, I just dumb Homer Simpson mashed to the whole thing with my dumb hand. And then finally, this was, went on for like two minutes, and with the caterers were leaving, I could hear them honking. I was like, oh my God, what do I do? And then finally, I like had that, you know when you're in like a car, you know, you, like your car skids on like black ice, and people talk about how like, oh, it's like a white there's that peaceful slow motion moment where you're like, I'm going to tie now. I had that in that moment, I looked and right in front of all the buttons, there was a button that just said Stop. And I I pushed it. And everything, like, powered down.
1: I don't know why I love the image of you, like, fighting to get the lid down and just water violently spraying you I, in the face.
4: I, well, no, but I couldn't get up off of it because, I mean, not to be really gross here. Right. But I had done my, I had you done.
1: Done your, done your I did a
4: shift's worth of work in that <laughs> yeah. toilet. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I couldn't, it, literally, I was the seal. And I was like, what's going to happen if I get why? up off of this now to yeah, tell like Whoopi, like never, like, like, never go downstairs again. Like, never go to the service Toilet in your washer dryer chamber ever again. Don't look in that room, (laughs) (laughs) whoopee. don't
0: um why does she have a japanese robot toilet in the service like bathroom because Because she treats
4: everyone well okay good there you have it
0: there that's a great answer
4: it was it was the room where like um i had to leave phil donahue down there before at the end of the night phil donahue was at the party and i i didn't know where the bathroom was because i was the mere servant who had appeared downstairs in the washer dry room i always remember i led phil donahue down there and not realizing that since the party had started like a a a maid or something had hung all the these wet sheets across that room. So then once we got down there, Phil Donahue was behind me like we we're going through fucking like I was Jane Goodall, like leading him through the mist and he's like, What are you doing? And I'm like, the toilet's here, he's Mr. Like, Donahue.
1: David <laughs>
4: I gotta terrible. do my
1: Phil Donahue. I miss Phil Donahue.
4: I do too. I do too. I mean, that's how I know about DNA swabs and drag queens is that guy <laughs> Club kids. I would be home sick from school being like club kids
0: today. yeah, that was really fun.
4: um, it, but I'm, he's that's when you know you're a certain age when
1: you're like, oh no, no, I grew up with Phil Donahue in the morning, like, yeah. He's yeah. my like childhood mainstay.
4: 10 a.m. syndication. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say just another just Whoopi Goldberg is very awesome because she would have these parties and she would always come in the kitchen and like actually really talk to like the four people like chopping celery and toasting the bread things. And be like, what are y'all doing? What are you working on, honey? Like she would just really and then she'd leave almost begrudgingly like oh, Not these
0: me. people. Yeah. Phil
1: Donahue down
0: there. she'd be like I'll be back to smoke a big fat joint in here with you guys oh much. my god
1: I got to be on The View and meet Whoopi really and I was just like she was you know you gotta imagine they have their days when they're just yeah. like this yeah. fucking job Um, they all show up at the last possible minute to do mm-hmm. hair and makeup and then like bef- like, they are, the minute you know it's a wrap they mm-hmm. are yanking their microphones off and like they are in their car on their way home it's mm-hmm. I mean think about it what what a slog i mean it's a great amazing job but you yeah. show up for work you know you go to work about two hours a day hair makeup tape it and then go but i mean
4: and a good portion of it is sitting through megan mccain like uh us. yeah I mean, this is i
1: think this is like four years ago three years ago or whatever but um so it was like joy yeah. and christella Alonzo. christella Chris, Alonzo was doing like a guest stint okay. for a bit and was was,
4: was Elizabeth was hasselback still no, no 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 she's okay. long
1: gone but uh my show, because it is totally so stupid. Whoopi was fully like not having it. She's like, "What? Really? Are the- like not in a bad way." She's like, "Okay, I guess they're gonna put peanut butter on this guy's face and shit," you know. And I'm like, "I know, Whoopi, I know," but I'm gonna keep this job. I don't have options. <laughs> I,
4: I to me that to me it seems like that's the kind of show that Whoopi at home. Roland her jay could get behind yes you know? Like, and you
1: know what maybe she had to see it but just seeing like a snippet of what we purported to do on the show she was amazing. like what is this shit and i was like
0: <laughs> i'm a big fan of her weed cream it's great
1: i'm you yeah. know what uh can i borrow some
0: <laughs> yeah i mean great. i don't have it on me great can Does i get like- a
1: schmear Whoopi like and my it's
0: specifically for uh, menstrual cramps is like what oh. she goes for. Like that's, that's her, awesome. that's her focus, but it works yeah. for everything else. So it's a THC CBD balm that like goes to work
4: pretty darn quick. Whoopi's, she's doing God's work mm-hmm. really.
1: I like this. I'm going to, I'm going to get some. Mm.
4: The last place that I, that I waited, that I bartended at was a place called Arlo and Esme. And it was like a year and a half and it was on East first between first and second. And it used to be this Indian restaurant that was in a basement that was mm-hmm. like arches and they would put rose petals. People would come in and think it was that and be like, what is this now? It was a cafe upstairs where Keira Knightley loved to come and eat a salad and read. And downstairs, it, it was hell. It was a like like T-Pain, Miley Cyrus blasting. Um, we had to move to plastic cups after the first few weeks because women kept slicing open their toes, wearing open-toed <laughs> shoes. Um there were there was a problem with a urine smell and we couldn't figure it out. It's just New
1: York in a basement. Um,
4: you were by the subway bankers line, close. Uh, we, we were. I mean, but well,
1: bankers we, were just eliminating wherever they wanted so, to.
4: So my husband and I worked at this bar together, which is interesting. We've had a few overlapping. We worked at the French Rose together. We uh, catered Whoopies together. We so we've always kind of been. It's weird to have a partner. I mean, we've been together since like 2002, and it's weird to think of so many of those years I've done this shit like with the love of my life. So it's kind of nice to have them there, but you're also seeing that side of a person you love a lot that is an undeniable i mean like the tension of waiting and serving people and doing that you can ignore it when it's yourself and you're packing the money in your pocket i cannot tell you how many times like i would look across at him and be like you deserve better baby <laughs> you know like and then be like oh shit, why don't i think that about myself um, we so so that that bar got real crazy lots of like trust fund kids so many black amexes like clinking down on the brass bar and such a disgusting place. Like, it was always the place I was older than those people thinking if I had that black Amex, I would be treating myself so well right now, not drinking like this blueberry Stoli with Red Bull and in a plastic cup, like dancing. And what we found out is the bathroom space was limited. One night it was me that busted. A guy came up to the bar. He was sort of looking at me woozy. And I was like, and I was like, "Do you need something?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm waiting for my friend." And then I realized both his hands weren't neither of his hands were on the bar. And then I looked and I looked at his face and I was like, "Your your dick is out and you're peeing against the bar right now." And then we put it together and we realized that these guys, drunk, it's loud, you fucking work, just coming up to the bar, taking their dicks out and just peeing on the bar, standing there, like looking around. That was the le- that was the level to which we were we're sinking
1: our faces are all um i mean my dog who is a serial pisser on everything in my home
4: wouldn't do that what is the big one or the little one the pisser he's the pisser of course he is he's a boy yeah
0: how long did you work this place
4: it's a year and a half okay and right when i was working there it was the place that would change it was the place that would just changed turn me. into something
1: oh
0: well it, it was it. the
4: place that would make me have to really think about what i wanted yeah. from life and um i remember a couple anecdotes one time was my husband is like six six and he looks like rock hudson crossed with like a young george clooney He like, like i can confirm I, yeah i can like, confirm I, I, I like to tell people that i didn't get any action all throughout college and undergrad and it was like the love karma gods were like you deserve something here <laughs> um yeah. and he I remember one night, he was at the other end of the bar by the beer tap far away, and our, our bart- bartender, Lindsay, was between us, and Lindsay was, like, a blonde who looked like Br- Bridget Bardot, and, like, all the guys, like, it's kind of cool, because you could, like, really relax on serving, because, like, no one wanted you or Jack, <laughs> like all the dudes, and I was like, I don't do this shit right now, but she's fucked, um, and <laughs> one night... I noticed this horde of girls over where Jack was and this girl was holding out money and I could only hear the, I couldn't hear it over partying in the USA and this girl had money and she was waving it and Jack, I was like, oh, she's drunk and he's cutting her off. Like, I'm sure what's happening and then finally, like, it wouldn't end and I, I stepped down to the bar and what this girl was doing with a $20 bill surrounded by her other girlfriends who were actively trying to p- pull her away from the bar was saying, just kiss me. Holding out a $20 bill to my husband, just drunkenly saying, Aww. will you kiss me? Just kiss me. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> These people are drunk. Um, but the worst, the worst night, and this was the night when I was like, I have to go. I have to get out. Is I was at the bar. It was near the end of the night. And this woman came up, and you know when, you know when the person's so drunk that the there's not a lot of eye contact. They're kind of cookie monster eyes, like yeah. just wondering. <laughs> they're looking at your shoulder, and then there's a lot of ceiling looking, like that kind of yeah, thing. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've been there. But this this woman came up, and she had I remember she had huge breasts that were really. She had a very good bra, super powered bra, with a white tank top and, like, a shirt over it, and she, her boobs were almost, like, on the bar. It was a high bar. And she was just, like, I couldn't understand her with, like, eyes wondering. And as I'm talking to her, I'm being like, look, I'm so sorry. I can't serve you. There's no way. As I'm talking to her, my peripheral, I look down, and I realize, like, her breasts are, like, moving. Like, there's something, like, it looks like there's, like, snakes or some kind of situation. And my eyes, I'm like, and it was dark, and I was like, what the fuck am I looking at? And as I'm looking at that, this man's head, like a moon, kind of rises over one of her shoulders, and he also has the eyes rolling back. And he had almost more of that, you know. In New York, it's so sad, but like the junkies on the corner, they don't they don't fall over. They've got the downturn mouth, and they're always about to fall over. No, the, but they the teeter They right, write right. themselves. The yeah. He looked like he was in a full uh, like coming up over her shoulder, and realized it was his knuckles that he had been maybe on the ground, like with his face like against her butt feeling her boobs up and then was coming up behind her and at one point then they're both there (laughs) over each other and I'm like get the fuck I just like get the fuck out I call security I'm just so I'm at the end of my rope I had I had I was about to be diagnosed no I'd been diagnosed with Crohn's disease a little bit earlier and I was really sick so I was also like really skinny had no energy had an ice pack it was a mess right so I'm so pissed I get that by the time security comes the people are gone I'm really sorry about where this story goes and then, so we're closing up at the end of the night. Lots of DJs and DJs' friends, friends of the bar. It was a big space. We could be really kind to people. Like, after hours it was really fun there. And we fucking earned it at that place. People playing pool, nice vibe. And I'm going around cleaning. And there's this one little nook where there's, like, a little banquette. It's this dark corner of the bar. And as I like, look, I'm like, who are those people? And I realize it's the couple. Somehow, they've not only not been removed, but they're there, like, an hour after we've closed in what is a fairly intimate, nice, low-key party. And I look, and this is what is happening. She is sitting on the edge of a banquette. She's leaning over it, full projectile vomiting onto the floor. He is sitting on the other side of her with full heroin, like heroin mouth eyes rolled back with his hand up her skirt, just finger blasting her as she vomits onto the floor with his face fully like rolling like he doesn't even know what's happening. And I looked at them and I remember I, remember I was holding I had swept up glass. So I had a dustpan of glass and a broom. And I always remember the sound of the glass as I was like, what the fuck? Because it just flew out of it. I was like, what the fuck? you just glass shattering. And they kind of didn't know I was there. They were just kind of like what? And I was like security. So they fucking came back down and they moved them. And that night I was like, I'm quitting my job tomorrow. And that was what I thought the next, like, four months that I worked at that bar. is that I am quitting my job tomorrow. But that really was, like, I would remember that every time (laughs) over the next few months until I finally quit that job. Because that was just, like, a degree of, like, alcohol. Like, I couldn't.
0: It pushed you the the furthest you could, yeah.
4: It was like, I I have to How many people would you have to,
0: like, call security on a night? Every night. Yeah.
4: They eventually gave us tiny flashlights so that we could, like flash and they could see like, like kind of like super they were almost laser pointers practically was that a like fun, him was that a fun
0: power play <laughs> when you got when were you like laser light you i liked it yeah
4: i mean i love i think there's a power when you work in that kind of environment where people are dicks and black amexes and daddy's trust funds there's like a power deservedly when you get to be like no yeah not no, you no yeah. one
1: said no to them
4: yeah. ever yeah. and how i'm yeah. like it's gonna be me you're too drunk you're gonna hurt yourself you're gonna hurt someone else how was the you money didn't hit me. Like, did
0: you make lots and lots of money?
4: There were nights that I went home with like five, five fifty. That's great. Um, and there were times in the summer where it was like, you know. But it, I mean, I mean, you know, it felt like go. It felt like coming home from like battle. Yeah. You know, like, and I was so amped up. Jack and I were obsessed with Battlestar Galactica. It was live on the air when we worked there. We were obsessed with that show. And the nights that we worked, we were so amped up that all we could do is we couldn't wait to get home to at six or six thirty watch Battlestar to hit the sack around like eight in the morning. Like, I think about oh, that and now. Wow, I think wow, about us sh- tucking in bed at, like, we'll look at each other and be like, it is 1045, honey. And look we are them. going to bed with, like, the dog at the foot of the bed. I'm like, who the fuck was that? How do, I don't know how I did it. It
0: feels like it's just like a race against the sun. Like, you're yeah. a fucking vampire. Like, and, like, you hear the birds chirp. And it's just a different state of mind. Yeah. Plus, like, you just get into a situation working that late, those nights after hours where you'll party and then you're wasted. And, like, yeah. if you're doing other things besides drinking, like, it's all... It's just your yeah.
1: lifestyle.
4: I love that. Other things besides <laughs> drinking. And then, Amen. You know,
0: those things. they are yeah. getting finger the blasted thing? while vomiting, if you know, what I, mean. you know um, what I mean. Yeah. Well,
1: I think um you and Jack should come back on and talk <gasps> together. Oh, that'd be great. Oh. I didn't know you guys worked together as
4: that, waiters. We'll Level couples therapy. Yeah. Sash. I mean, it is well, you know, this is the thing. I you know, if he comes back, he'll talk about it, but he just a couple months ago, like decided this is the time in my life because he's worked on an off in the service industry since then and he just did that thing two months ago where he was like, Done. I'm doing my own thing. And he decided I'm gonna teach piano because I love it. I'm gonna keep acting and I'm gonna start a little plant business. And in two months he has done all of those things. I and, love that. And doesn't you know, and, and again I always I was thinking about saying that earlier. It's not a value. I think that, that work I know people who've worked mm-hmm. in that industry and gone on to like in a way that brings them so much joy, open their own bars yeah. and work in the industry in like the healthiest way. Yeah. But at a certain point, you're watching some unconscious woman vomit and get finger blasted and you just can't do it anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just know this is not a for game me. for me. shouldn't no. be
0: here Mm-mm. right
4: now. Yeah. Here's a tip, and this is specifically for people who have worked in the service industry before because I feel like I've talked to this around a few people that have waited tables or bartended and they've been like, I feel what you're saying. I sometimes try too hard as a former server in the company of other servers because I want to make sure they feel okay, appreciated, and liked. And I have had experiences where I could tell at a certain point, like afterwards Jack will be like, I think they just wanted you to shut up. I think they just didn't want to be asked about what they were up to or what was happening. <laughs> they just wanted to get on with the business of, of bringing you baguette or whatever the shit was that you needed. And that that's a real, I caught myself like two days ago, I'm like, she, is just, she just wants away from me right now. Like, do you, do you do like her, it here? Is it busy? Is this crazy? I don't want to jinx it, but you're not right. busy now. Oh, you oh turned my. into that weirdo, like,
1: David. Yep. <laughs> you just mm-hmm. kept going, you are seen.
4: You <laughs> I, are seen. I mean, yeah, to the point that I feel like the waiter's like, stop seeing me. Stop seeing. <laughs> um, I wish you were blind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, be quiet. Let them get on, get on with their work. <laughs> exactly. Be nice. Leave it alone. That's They're our, at work. That's <laughs> our takeaway all the time is just yeah. be
1: nice. Be nice to your server. Yeah, and you know, and tip. Hell yeah, always tap.
0: That was perfect. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Thank you Thanks for having craft. me. I we'll love see. y'all
4: and your do- and these precious beasts. We'll see you back here with Jack, okay? Yeah, that'll be fun. Awesome. I love that.
0: Here's a tip mm-hmm. for you guys. I was just introduced to this really fun, fun discovery on Spotify.
1: Um, there's a guy. <gasps> Is it my
0: album? No, no. Uh. But
1: you can if you didn't. Brooke, please plug. Sure, uh, I'm an artist on Spotify, Brooke Van Poplin. You can find my comedy album and also my musical EP with Julian Villard, "The Comfort Zone." What and is, listen, what to are us on called? Spotify. What are they called? Uh, there's "Hard Feelings" and then "The The Comfort Zone."
0: Awesome. So there's also this guy named Timothy um, walsh Walshards, um, W-A-L-S-C-H-A-E-R-T-S, and he has made over 150 playlists that are public. At, at, that are introductions to different genres of music. So it's kind of, it's like sub, sub category. So it's like synth wave, chill wave, vapor wave, new jazz, down temple, minimal electronica. They sound like
1: weed stranger. Chill and bass.
0: Yeah. Eurodance, trans, acid house. I mean, it goes on and acid on house. and on dark country rock, Southern gothic, gothic. And yeah, yeah. And then like a whole series of like gay pride, every different color is proud to be frout, proud to be rap, proud to be gabber. I mean, sub subcategories of like specific like gay genres of music. So if you guys want to go down a deep, deep wormhole and like discover any new genres of music that like and discover the very, very basics of it, I would say go ahead and follow this guy on Spotify and also listen to Sidewalk
1: Podcast on maybe, Spotify. Uh, maybe we can spell his name on our Instagram. Yeah. When we post
0: this. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
3: All right, guys. Hey, let's get out there in summer. Thanks for listening. Sweat a little for me out there, you hot tits. Pour 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 some off. Pour some out of your bucket.
1: <laughs> pour some out of your butt sweat bucket.
3: Hey, if you guys are enjoying the podcast, please review us on iTunes and follow, subscribe, do all the things. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Baby, we in your face.